Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. We are here today with Abby McGrew, who is the founder and creative director of Wayfair Design Studio. Known for her heart-led approach to design, Abby helps thoughtful e-commerce founders bring their brands to life through visual identity, packaging, and web design. She believes that great branding is more than skin deep and always finds a way to weave deeper meaning into every last detail of her work. Abby has built her team at Wayfair over the past seven years while traveling with her husband. She's lived in Australia, Denmark, France, Portugal, Romania, and Spain. As a creative, she finds endless inspiration from her travels and getting to experience life in different parts of the world. I love that. I'm so jealous of that. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I was telling Abby before this started that some of you might know Ben and I traveled. My husband and I traveled for eight months in 2019. And then we haven't really been able to travel since because there was a pandemic and then a baby. And now that baby is a wee toddler. And we're just like craving. We have that travel bug so bad. And so we're hoping next year to be our first or yeah, next year to be like our first big, like potentially like Europe trip or something with or without mm-hmm. baby. We'll see. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's not what we're here for. I'm just thinking about it. Um, but before we jump into what we are here for, which is heart-led branding, um, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I'm Abby. I grew up in the U.S., even though we travel a lot. I'm from the U.S. I'm from West Virginia, so very rural, <laughs> I don't know, in the mountains and yeah, just very opposite of where all the places that I have gotten to live <laughs> since then, I guess. But that's what makes me so grateful for the for the chance to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I always knew that I wanted to be a designer. Uh, I tell people the, the moment I knew that I wanted this to be my job was when I was like 13 years old and I was obsessed with changing my MySpace page profile. <laughs> like yeah. I, I just, once I learned like how to add in a little bit of code to like change the fonts or change the background images and like the colors. Like I was so obsessed. I would do it every single day just because Mm -hmm. I was fascinated by how simply changing the style of font or the colors or the layout could like help me feel like I was better communicating who I was like better Mm -hmm. expressing myself as a person so that people could really get to know me, um, through those like subtle subconscious things of visuals. Like that's, that was so exciting to me. And that's what really, yeah, got me interested in design. And from that point on, I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. (laughs) Even if nobody pays me for it, I'll do this for the rest of my life. And yeah, that's what kind of led me to go on to design school. And then I started, um, my business Wayfarer right after design school and the name Wayfarer, I mean, it means to travel. So obviously travel mm-hmm. has been a big, you know, piece of that. I, I didn't 
know how to have a regular job while also mm-hmm. traveling with my husband for his job. And so, yeah, starting my own business, freelancing and, and everything just kind of felt like the my best option to be able to do what I love while also having the freedom to travel and work from wherever. So that's what kind of got me to this point. And it's been over seven years now. And yeah, we've just gotten to work with so many amazing clients and help them build their businesses and, and bring their vision to to life. Amazing. I love that. I I actually, I can remember when I was, so I started like, I'm a marketer now, but like I, I wanted to be a writer and um, I still do a lot of writing in my job, but in a very different way. But I can remember the moment I wanted to do that or that I had some inclination of doing that because I, <laughs> I went to a private school, like a Catholic school and you had, they needed like volunteers to read the different things during church. And I remember I always would volunteer to read. And I thought, I wonder if I could get a job reading like when I'm an adult. Mm -hmm. Can I just Mm -hmm. read? And I'm like, now I'm a writer. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. That's certainly (laughs) one way to monetize that thing that you like or that you're good at. (laughs) Yeah. Funny, those little things that we experience at such a young age and don't necessarily know how they're going to actually connect. And then you can look back and see that thread through Mm -hmm. your life. So tell me about because your whole business and the way you do branding and design is based on this idea of heart-led. I love how your bio says that you always find a way to weave deeper meaning into every last detail. And for a lot of listeners, a lot of business owners, we're doing design on our own. We're taking hundreds of of different pieces of advice and Canva templates and just sort of like parsing things together to create what we're told is a brand. So I want you to help us understand what does heart-led branding mean? And like, how can we bring that deeper meaning into our branding? So let's just start with like, what do you mean really when you say heart-led? Yeah. So I think the simplest way to explain what we mean by that is that it's branding is more than just making things look good. It's Mm. like adding the substance and like the story behind the visuals, because I think that's a big misconception for people in everyday life. You see all these beautiful brands and beautiful products on the shelf and you just kind of appreciate, oh, that looks really nice or that looks really cool. Um, But sometimes as consumers, we don't take a second to think about there's a reason why they chose that color over a different color. There's a reason why they placed that little icon, you know, in a specific part on the bottle versus, you know, like on the on the top versus on the bottom corner or something. Like there are reasons to do everything. And so yeah, I think that that's a big part of it is just having visuals for your brand that aren't just based on let's make this look really good or you know what you personally think looks nice and make something look high quality but really diving deep and basing all of those decisions on the core values that drive your business the you know story behind why you created this product or this business that people are going to connect with it's yeah those more um, emotional things that are behind what you do, having that come through the visuals as well, because that's what all the really great brands do. We might not realize it right away, but 
branding is about subconsciously telling a story to your customers, a story that they're going to, that's, it's going to make them feel seen. They're going to feel more likely to like believe in it and feel like, you know, they belong or like, this is a product for me. Yeah. It's about communicating that deeper <laughs> story. Does that make sense? Is that a good 100%. Answer? Yes. It makes so much sense. It's like, I always say with creating content, like social media content, like you're, you're providing a connection point. So when there's a thousand other people doing what you do, you're story or in your case, your design is what gives that person that connection to say like, oh, they know me. Of all these people, this person knows me. Or of all these people, this is who I feel really connected to. So that, that's what I'm hearing is like give using your design to connect on a deeper level than just buy this product. Because most of us know that's not the way consumers buy. That's not that's not the way it works. Typically purchases are made from an emotional place and design can lead that. Yeah. And it's definitely more about uh, building loyalty in your, with your business as well and creating something that's going to last longer. Cause I think when you take the the opposite of a heart led approach to branding, if you take just a purely what looks prettiest approach, then it's going to be more likely to be based in trends um, and stuff that is going to go out of style quickly because it's not rooted in anything important to your business really it's just rooted in what feels good in the moment versus when you're you go in a heart-led approach you're rooting all of the design decisions in the the things that you really believe in and what you want to be known for as a brand and those are things that are going to be true for years you know right. those are things that are going to last beyond what's trendy <laughs> right mm -hmm. now so so yeah it's it's about a lot of things, <laughs> but it's about creating a brand that connects better with people mm -hmm. and is going to last longer and that you can just feel more confident in, I think. Yeah. And I talk a lot with my clients because I work a lot with wellness and mental wellness organizations. And a lot of what they want to do is bring authenticity. And I feel like that is can kind of be like a buzzword right now. And it has been mm -hmm. for a little while. But I think what you're saying, it is true to that, which is that when you're creating and, and using heart-led design in your branding, you are also being more authentic. And you're not just saying like, oh, this is what they're doing, so I'm going to do it. It's It truly is a representation of you and what you bring to the world. So I love this idea, and I'm sure listeners do too. And we're all wondering like, okay, so how do we do that? How do I make... <laughs> How do I make an icon be more meaningful? So maybe you could give us a couple examples of how you've done it with clients or just like base level examples that can help us understand basically what I'm trying to get to is like translating values to the design. Uh, yeah, I can give an example because those are helpful. And it's always hard to walk through examples on a podcast because our work is visual and so it's hard, <laughs> right? But um, I'll... I'll walk you through an example of a specific client and you can go to their website and see what we're talking about. So we worked with a client um, called Old Flame Candle Company. So they take vintage bowls and vases and vessels and turn them into candles and they're refillable. And it's kind of like a vintage 
you know, decorative piece, but also doubles as a candle. So it's more sustainable. Uh, it really becomes a statement piece, something that it's a candle you don't have to throw away because it's it's more important than that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's it's something that you can pass down to, you know, future generations. It's really amazing business. Love them so much. And when they came to us, they had created a logo for themselves before they had DIY'd everything. Um, and they were okay with that because it's something that they were proud of because they did it themselves. You know, you take pride whenever you create something yourself that isn't necessarily your expertise or, or something. But they knew that it was not communicating everything about their business. These unique selling points that like, it's not just a normal candle. It's so much more than that. And it wasn't it wasn't showing that in any way. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything um yeah, really unique about it. It was basically just their business name in like a handwritten font. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when they came to us, uh, that's that's something that they wanted to work on. And so we suggested creating some kind of icon mark that they could kind of, you know, they could use the basic business name logo if they still wanted to. But we wanted to create something that was more illustrative that would really communicate this is not just a regular candle. It's a sustainable, refillable, vintage piece candle. And we were challenge was trying to figure out how we can communicate all of those different things in one mark <laughs> very simply. But if you go to their website, you can see the logo that we ended up doing for them. And I think first step for anyone who's trying to DIY their logo and want it to be more meaningful and, and have that um, depth to it, you've got to figure out first what are those key messages that you want to communicate to people? And it can be different things, I think, for any business, but you want to ask yourself questions like, what are the core values that drive your business? And hopefully, are they values that you share with your customer? Like for them, sustainability was a value for them. And so, and it was also a value for their customers. So we knew that's something that needs to be conveyed through the logo so that that's very clear the vintage style like they're the style of these vintage vessels that they pick that's also something that was very important to them because it's unique to them um and also something that they're known for like maybe there are other people that could you know turn a bowl into a candle (laughs) and sell it but Mm -hmm. they're specifically choosing a very i don't know niche style of vessels and that's what people want in their homes and so we wanted that to kind of come across as well. Um, yeah. And so those are some things that you might think about. What are your unique selling points? Things that people need to know that's going to make them more likely to buy from you. <laughs> Basically, mm-hmm. those are the things I would narrow it down to like two to three things. And that's what you want to try to capture in your logo. And then it, then you have to decide, okay, how can we communicate this idea? Is there symbolism that we can use? And um, that was kind of the main thing that we focused on for Old Flame because we wanted to create this icon. And so we ended up creating like a a candle shape, but the shape of the candle was felt more like a very old, like classic vase. Mm -hmm. Uh, It had like really nice curves to it. And then we were trying to figure out how do we add in that sustainability aspect of like, this is a candle that you don't have to throw away. It can be refilled and refilled and refilled. And we ended up using an infinity symbol because of course that's a very universal, sustainable 
never ending symbol that everyone's going to understand. And we ended up making the um, handles on the side of the vase Mm -hmm. candle. We made those handles end up connecting in the middle to make an infinity symbol. Mm. So hard to explain this. <laughs> I'm just words. It though. <laughs> like I said, if you go and look up Old Flame Candle Company, you will find on their website at the very top, you can see that little mark and see what we mean. But it ended up being perfect in the end because it was just such a like simple way to really showcase those three main selling points that they had and we we did it in a way we added some like texture um to the the line weight of the icon so that it looks more hand-drawn to give that slightly more vintage feel but those are that's kind of the process and if you're you know working with a designer that's what they'll obviously do for you but if you're DIYing it yeah you'll just kind of have to think about okay these are the things that I want to communicate to people. And maybe one of those things isn't necessarily a selling point, but more just like the personality that you want your brand to have. Do you want it to feel fun and playful? Do you want it to feel minimalist and like luxe? Figure out those things. And then once you go on Pinterest and you start searching, you know, for examples of logos, you know, fonts, whatever, you need to use those those key themes or messages as a guide to help Mm. you filter out things that don't align with that. You know, you want to think about, okay, I want my brand to be really bold and fun and playful. What fonts feel that way to me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and, and, and really use that. Yeah. As, as a guide to find the the little details that are going to help you communicate that bigger picture story of who you are. Mm-hmm. That was a long explanation. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's not a long explanation. It was really helpful. And I'm, I'll am include a link to the, the Kindle company in the show notes so people can just mm-hmm. quickly go click and see it. Um, but I think uh, something I'm hearing that it's just like making me think about as you explain it is I think there's a level of like self-trust and intuition about it. And like as you were talking about it and you're talking about the sustainability piece and like sort of like symbolism for that, I thought like leaf or something. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I wonder if she's like weaved a leaf into this, you know, like, and you chose the infinity symbol, but Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't mean that one or the other is better or more correct. It's just like whatever you feel guided to and called to and and fits like those, you know, sort of the guardrails of having, staying within those values. Because I think when it comes to creativity, like I know for a fact, because every client that I work with, like that I do marketing coaching with, they're like, I'm, I love, you know, doing this, but I'm not a marketer. And like, there's such a lack of trust around our own creativity. And I think when we're doing heart-led branding and thinking about heart-led design, to me, it seems like there's that piece of like trusting your intuition and your instincts around what comes up for you and what feels good and knowing that there is no perfect or quote unquote, quote, right. It's what feels authentic to your brand and your business. Yeah. And that's good that you bring up yeah, a, a leaf is maybe more of what like the obvious choice of what you might think of when you think of sustainability and everything. So that's another question to kind of ask yourself when you're thinking of, is there a symbol or something that is commonly associated with this idea that I want to convey? And maybe you go with like that very obvious one, but you might, it's also important to look 
around at your competitors and Mm. see what are the things that they're using. And if there's stuff that's being very overused um, and maybe, you know, a leaf, I don't, we, we chose the infinity symbol for kind of a different reason, but I could see that if we would look at other candle brands that prioritize sustainability, I bet a lot of them are using leaves Mm -hmm. somewhere in their logos. And so that's an intentional choice too, of saying, okay, we could use a leaf that would be easy for people to understand, but is there something else that we can use that is still going to communicate this message really strongly, but also help us stand out and not look too similar to anyone else? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I I love that. There's just all of these opportunities to go deeper and then also check yourself. So it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is an interesting idea. Can I go deeper? And then, oh, wait, let me check this. And oh, let me come back to my values. And it feels like it could be if we allow it to be, which I'm sure it is for you because this is the business you run, but like there's really fun, iterative, like exploration. Like for me, I also love, like I love being in Canva and doing design stuff for myself and my clients. It just, and I'm not saying I'm an amazing designer, but Um, I enjoy it so much. And I think it can be when we release that idea of making it perfect or getting it just right. um, And we use these little checks and balances. We can come to something that helps us stand out that really fits our values, but that also feels really good for us and that we feel proud to put out into the world. There's definitely a balance of having the like fun exploration part for you as the, as the founder. Mm -hmm. But then also, like you said, that kind of pausing, taking a step back, checking yourself, and then putting yourself more in the mindset of the customer and what's really going to speak the most to them. We always encourage our clients and remind them of, you know, of course, we want you to love what we create in the end, but we also don't want to get too wrapped up in like personal preferences because we've got to remember that this is for the consumer at the end of the day <laughs> and and your success is going to really depend upon how likely the consumer is to pick this up off the shelf right mm-hmm. so we've got to make sure that we're we're balancing both of those ends <laughs> um of the of the business and making sure that both are being taken care of i guess um mm-hmm. as well as possible yeah totally and i want to I'm looking or thinking about maybe giving one more example around creating and designing social media graphics. That's something like we create so much content as business owners nowadays, and a lot of that is social media. So I think we have this idea of like bringing your values into the design and thinking about maybe symbolism. Is is there anything else you could add in that might be a little different for thinking about designing graphics for social that is still fits within that idea of being really heart-led and authentic. I think the biggest thing with social is just having consistency across a, a couple of things, you know, with your with your content, whether that's cons- a consistent color palette or consistent fonts that you're using. Because of course you can slap your logo on anything, right? But that's usually not the first thing that people notice. I think color and font choices um, and maybe layouts or or something. Um, But yeah, color probably is going to be the the first thing that people notice. And if you can use color consistently across all of your content, then it's going to be easier for people to recognize before they even read anything or see, you know, the handle at the top to see who posted it. 
hopefully they'll recognize that it's that it's yours mm-hmm. because they recognize that color. So yeah, that would probably be my biggest piece of advice. And of course, then we can, if we're talking about color, there's so much, so much that goes into choosing colors yeah. um, and doing that very intentionally. Cause yeah, it all kind of goes back to, again, figuring out what, what's the personality that I want the brand to have. Do I want it to feel a certain way? Um, and then thinking about what colors align with those feelings. We actually, we've been doing um, a color psychology series on our Instagram if you want to check it out. Um, But yeah, it's been really fun because if you don't know already, we just naturally associate different colors with different feelings and emotions and ideas. For example, purple historically has been like a color associated with royalty. So now it kind of feels more like luxurious. Um, it can also be kind of a, a different take on femininity. So there are things you could choose purple to communicate certain things to people. Um, red is like very energetic and sometimes associated with like love and passion. Um, orange is also a very energetic color. Green feels more natural. It can be healing. There are so many different reasons to choose different colors. <laughs> Again, it's just, it's not about just choosing what colors do you personally like or, you know, what look the prettiest together, but yeah, choosing color strategically um, and thinking about the psychology behind color can be really powerful for a brand, especially across social media marketing. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And it just keeps coming back to me to this mindset of like, get off the bandwagon, like just because everyone's doing like ethereal spiritual looking stuff or something like if that doesn't fit your brand you're you're also not going to want to share it you're not going to feel good about putting it out in the world and then you're not going to be promoting your business and then you're not going to be able to grow your business like mm-hmm. you know letting go of that mindset of like everyone else is doing it so I'm going to do it and coming really back to you and who you and your business is and then using these like very practical strategies that you're giving us us which is so helpful to sort of navigate that process of, okay, what feels good? What feels, you know, in line with my values and how can I bring that to the world? So this has been incredibly supportive and super helpful, but before we shift gears, I want to know if there's one thing that listeners, you know, they walk away with nothing but this, what would that be? My biggest piece of advice, at least for people who might be DIYing their branding and everything, my biggest piece of advice is that simple is better. Mm. And you don't have to learn how to be a designer overnight for yourself or try to do too much. Um, because yeah, especially in the early stages, if you're in that like first year or two of business, you might not know exactly what your core values are or like what you really want to be known for and like how you want to position yourself amongst your competitors or even who your audience really is. You might still be figuring that out. That's normal. The first few years of business, there's a lot of uncertainty. So my advice is to keep the branding simple. Use these things that I've talked about, you know, make sure that you are choosing things strategically and thinking about, okay, this font does not feel the way that I want my business to feel. So I'm not going to use that, even though I've seen a bunch of other people use it, mm-hmm. right? Be smart about what you're choosing, but don't feel like you need to hand draw a bunch of illustrations or things like that. 
sometimes, yeah, the essentials are all that you really need to get things started. Um, so just choose a nice font for your logo. You know, if you want to create a little icon or something, you can, but yeah, just don't feel like you need to to overdo it. Um, because later on when you do kind of figure out those things and have a better idea of, okay, this is the message I want to send to people. This is who I'm speaking to. Then it's going to be easier for you to update the brand <laughs> um, and, and build on it or, you know, then work with a designer uh, if you don't have, you know, a crazy mess <laughs> um, to, to start with. Uh, yeah. I think starting simple is, is better. Yes, I totally agree. Remembering that our business is always evolving. And so mm -hmm. I think so many entrepreneurs don't start for so long because they think, again, going back to that idea of it needs to be perfect and it needs to be just right. And like, keep it simple, put something out there, know that as your business evolves, your design and your brand will evolve with it. And mm -hmm. like, that's okay. Bottom line. Yeah. End of the day, yeah. let it go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that most of the people who come to us to do like a rebrand, it's like around the three to five year mark that like that's when they're really ready to invest in doing, you know, a full rebrand and, you know, really build something that is then going to like last a lot longer and kind of take them to whatever that next level of business is. So yeah, know that it might take some time before you get to that point and that's okay. It's normal. That's what a lot of people do. Yes, totally. And tell us, shifting gears now, what are you getting intentional about right now? We're we're getting ready to move back abroad. So every time that we move, we're so we're in the US right now, but we're going back to Spain. That's where we were this past year and we'll be just outside of Madrid and every time we move, I have to kind of rethink my work schedule and <laughs> what my office setup is going to be. I just have to like totally readjust how I do business a bit. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm trying to be more intentional about um, right now is kind of planning. What do I want my work schedule to look like once we get back? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I feel like this whole year I've been, it was a big growth year for me because I hired employees and I don't know, just trying to take on as much work as possible and feeling out how that will go now that I have other people on my team. But um, yeah, now trying, hoping to strip it back a little bit <laughs> now that we have the systems in place and I have people to help me. I feel like this year I was just doing a lot of managing to help us get through figuring out working together. Yep. And now moving back to Spain will feel like a natural time to like reset. Okay. Maybe I don't want to work quite as many hours. Maybe I do want to have a day. I used to have a day in the middle of the week. That would be, I call it my creative health day mm. where I would not work on any client work. I would just like either work on stuff for the business um, or I would prioritize that to be a day to like go out and go to a museum or do some do something because as creatives, it can I can get burnt out pretty easily doing client work all the time. So Ooh. that's something that I'm thinking about since I'll, I'll have, I'll be forced to rethink my schedule. Um, yeah. Thinking about, can I prior prioritize working that creative health day back in and just, yeah, always evolving. <laughs> like you mm -hmm. said, always evolving and trying to find um, better ways to do business and stay inspired. Totally. And we all go through seasons, right? Like we go through mm -hmm. seasons where we feel like, yeah, I've got it. I can push, I can do what I need to do. And then 
Well, there's seasons where it's like, nope, I need to pull back. I need to take some yep. time. I need more rest. And like, that's totally normal. So, mm-hmm. so I love that for you. I love that you're moving into a season of maybe a little less. That feels really mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And tell listeners, where can they connect with you outside of the podcast? So social media wise, mainly active on Instagram. Our handle is at Wayfarer Design Studio. And I'm sure you'll have that linked so people can see mm-hmm. how you spell Wayfarer. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then our website, uh, if you go to wayfarerdesignstudio.com slash resources, I have some resources um, up there and blog posts and stuff that you can read. Lots of other branding advice, packaging advice, website advice, all the things. If you're specifically interested in like color and stuff, we have a color palette quiz that you can take. That'll kind of like a, you know, an old Cosmo quiz where you like put in, you know, what your personality is or whatever, but then it'll match you with some pre-curated color palettes that align with like specific types of businesses and what kind of, yeah, feeling you want to give your customers. And so it's a fun way to just think a little bit differently about color and might get you started to think about, okay, these are the colors that best align with mm-hmm. how I want my business to feel for people. So yeah. Awesome. That sounds really fun. I want to go do that quiz right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for being here and sharing this with us. It was really insightful and I know super helpful for listeners. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for, for having me. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.